If you'd like to turn, if you've got Bibles with you, turn to Luke chapter 8 and verse 4. I'm going to read that in a moment. And we're continuing our series on the year of the Lord's favour. And um, that's from, uh, we're, we're looking at that, we're looking at how Jesus uh, ministered that and how he, in, in what he did, how he fulfilled that prophecy from Isaiah in being the year of the Lord's favour and him having the spirit of the Lord on him to bring good news to the poor, bind up the brokenhearted. And um, we're going to look at this from Luke chapter 8. So hopefully you found it. Luke 8, I'm going to read this and then I'll tell you what we're doing with it, where we're going and, and all of that. So Luke chapter 8, verses 4 to 21. And many of you will be familiar with this. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, that's to Jesus, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. The birds of the air devoured it, and some fell on the rock. And as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell onto good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard, and the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no roots. They believe for a while and in a time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. And their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart. And bear fruit with patience. No one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed. But puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest. Nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care then how you hear. For to the one who has more will be given. And from the one who has not even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. We've come this morning to a really familiar passage to many uh, who will have read it many times and heard it preached on many times. And even now you might be thinking, ah, yes. I know in which direction he's going to go here. I know what I'm going to hear. I'd like to suggest you don't. <laughs> because that's what I thought when I came to this passage. I was sitting down preparing for this and doing my research and reading it and writing it out. And then a few particular words from the parable stood out to me. And I just knew, ah, yes. This is what I need to focus on. I knew it was a nudge from the Holy Spirit that this 
is going to be the focus of what I'm to tell you this morning. The reason I know that was because in the first instance I read it and went, oh yeah, that's for me. I need to hear this. I need to learn this. I need to understand this because of the circumstances that I'm in. And so I hope that as I do this and as I say, here's what I'm learning, that it's an encouragement to you as well. Because I'm fairly certain there are others who need to hear the same thing. There'll be many of you listening today and listening on catch up on demand, however you want to call it, as you listen to this through the week, who are going through tough times. That's not a prophetic word. It's just obvious, isn't it? We are going through tough times, all of us pretty much, in one way or another. It may be to do with the lockdown. It might be your health, physical health, mental health. Your kids might be going through tough times. You might have job issues. I found I wrestled with whether to talk about this or not. But just over a week ago, I found out that the company that I am working for is closing down its UK operation and that we're all losing our jobs. Not only that, but they only announced it last week. We're all losing our jobs by the end of March. So a little bit quick. It wasn't a huge shock, if I'm honest. But it's not a great thing you want to hear. And you know that there are going to be some tough times ahead. But we all go through them. That's life. The question is, how will we react to them? Well, we're going to look at this passage and we are going to find out. We've got two parables here. And parables are one of the main ways in which Jesus taught people as they followed him around. But what are they? You may be listening to some of this for the first time and you may not know, well, what's a, what's a parable? Well, they are stories that Jesus told in a particular cultural context that the hearers would have identified with. And it provided an easy and relevant way for Jesus to teach them. In this case, we have one about sowing seed and another about a lamp. They were everyday situations that people would have easily connected with, easily understood. We need to be careful with parables that we don't overanalyze them. They're not allegories. They don't have hidden meanings. They're usually very, very plain. But we do need to understand something of the cultural context. It's also good to know the parable, uh, the audience of the parable. Because depending on who you are, depends on how you will hear the parable. They weren't always good news for the hearers. Sometimes Jesus would tell a parable to get a response. There's an immediacy to them. And people very often reacted to them and still do now. Having said all of that, then, we need to first understand verse 10. Because you may have read verse 10, which says, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. It seems to suggest here in verse 10 that there's a mystery about them that only certain people can understand. Which I've just said, it's they're plain, they're not mystery, they're not hidden meanings. So at this point in verse 10, we can see that Jesus is speaking to just the disciples and they are being told all about what Jesus is teaching in this parable. They are told that they have been given 
the secrets of the kingdom, or in some translations, the mysteries of the kingdom. This refers to the plan of God revealed to God's people, the chosen ones, the God's family. And so here, specifically, Jesus is saying, you know the plan that I'm here to save and gather my people to myself. And it's this particular parable that the disciples are asking about that Jesus is saying, some are not going to get this. It's not parables in general that they're not going to get, but what's being taught in this parable that some will not understand. Because in the parable of the sower, Jesus is saying, this is what happens when the gospel is preached, when the good news of, of me, of Jesus, is preached. People will react differently. Some people won't understand. The second part of this verse 10, seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand, is from Isaiah chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. And is a specific reference to the rejection of Jesus and Jesus and the gospel by many of the people who were called God's people, the Jews. So it's specific to this parable about the fact they would hear the good news, hear the gospel and reject it. And then not grow as a result. Many of the Jewish people of the day saw it, but did not get it. They heard it, but they did not understand. This was a fulfillment of that prophetic word in Isaiah. So we can carry on with this parable knowing that, yeah, it is what it says it is. It's not a mystery, this. But actually, some people won't hear it or understand it. Now, obviously, I can't go into every single part of what this parable teaches this morning. There's just not time for that. So I'm going to focus in, as I said earlier, on what I felt God was saying to me and what I felt was right to bring today. Because you will have heard this preached on many times about hearing the gospel, responding to the gospel, how different people respond. And the context is that Jesus is speaking to people who would have understood what he was talking about here in terms of sowing seed. And in sowing seed at that time, when we talk about the, the context, the cultural context and what they would have understood, they wouldn't have understood the way we might do it. Not me, in my garden at the moment. But where, you know what it's like, you, I've done it in the past, you, you prepare a little little bit of the garden and you, you, you dig some nice little uh, drills, I think they're called, the little trenches and you place your seeds in them. That's not the kind of sowing that Jesus was talking about here. The kind of sowing that Jesus was talking about was a basket of seed that would then be scattered, scattered liberally. And some of it would have fell on, would have fallen on good ground. But not all of it. And there are four situations here about hearing the word of God and responding to it. We can hear and not believe. That's where the seed fell on the path. We can hear and believe, but maybe only briefly, maybe just intellectually. But as soon as it gets hard, we give up. That's the seed that fell on the rock. We can hear and it looks like there's some growth that actually we've understood. We've responded to God's word. But then the pleasures of the world, riches, distractions and all of that get in the way. And the growth and the faith goes. That's the seed that fell and got choked by the thorns. Or 
we can hear and persevere and bear fruit, the good soil. Now, I don't know everybody who's tuned into to this today. And so I don't know where you are at with your hearing of the word of God and how you are currently responding or how you will respond in the future. But only one of those four situations is a good one to be in. And that's obviously the last one. That is where God wants you. Hearing his word, responding to it and bearing fruit. But it's not that simple. Now, I'm going to assume for now that you are in that category where you've responded to the word of God. You've got an ongoing response to the word of God, to him, and that you're open to him and you want to hear what he has to say. And that you want to bear fruit. The problem here is it says bear fruit with patience. This is not just a one-time response. I'm going to respond. That's it. I'm bearing fruit. My life is great. On we go. Actually, we need to have patience. And as and it's at this point that I just got derailed from where I was going to go next. And felt the Holy Spirit say, this is the bit you need to focus on today. This is the bit. Patience. Perseverance. Not letting the tough times choke what God is doing in you. And as I read this, there were two things that I thought. In bearing fruit with patience, what is the fruit? And just how patient do I need to be? Because I've, I've, you know, I've learned patience. Let's move on. <laughs> I've had tough times. I've been learning how to be patient. I think I've learned that enough now. I want to move on. But actually, no, we bear fruit with patience. There is no time limit on this set in this. That is the way life is. So what is the fruit? The Bible uses the picture of fruit and seeds many times. The seed is the word of God. It's sown. It takes root. When a fruit bearing plant grows, it starts to mature and then it produces fruit. That fruit then produces more seeds. That seed is falls to the ground, is sown and produces more plants that then bear fruit again. It's cyclical. On it goes over and over again. We grow and mature after the seed. The word of God is planted in our hearts. It takes root and then it can be choked off or it can mature and bear that fruit. But what is the fruit? The fruit is the change that is showing in our lives from us hearing and doing the word and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us. We display the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Those things should be increasing in our lives. That is fruit. It is a fruitful life in being and becoming more Christ-like. Now, you may be thinking at this point, but surely the fruit is seeing new believers and seeing people. Actually, what happens is, as the fruit is produced in our lives, remember, fruit produces seed and seed is sown that produces again. As the fruit grows in our life, as we become more Christ-like, then actually we display that 
And that seed then gets sown in other people. We need to develop the fruit in order for us then to see that go out. And so again, that the word of God comes out from us and we see others change. And there's a multiplication, a harvest. How do we produce this fruit? Well, parable tells us. In fact, both parables tell us this. By hearing the word and doing what it says. And then in verse 21, Jesus says, My mother and my brothers, my family, are those who hear the word of God and do it. You see, this is about obedience. Remember in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, it says this. These are, these are some of the last words of Jesus commissioning all his followers. And that includes us. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe or obey all that I have commanded you. We need to have heard it, let it grow in us, obey it, and then share that. A disciple obeys all that Jesus commanded. That's what we're to do. As we are obedient, as we focus on Jesus and doing what he says and what he has told us, what we've heard in the word, then that fruit grows in us and then we can actually take that out to others. We're to be disciples and make disciples who will make disciples. But don't forget, it says bear fruit with patience. This is setting an expectation in us, for us, that fruit takes time to grow. We have to be obedient, as that is what a disciple does. But we need to be patient and let that fruit grow. And that patience is also perseverance. And this is the main encouragement I want to bring to you today. Perseverance. As I said at the beginning, many of us are going through difficult times. That's kind of almost easy to say because it's obvious that we are, because so many of our freedoms and the things we're used to have been taken away from us in the last 12 months, all for the right reasons. But that doesn't mean it's been easy. And there's been a knock-on effect to health and jobs and all of that. And you may be thinking this morning, life's hard. I can't even think about bearing fruit at the moment. I can't think about maturing. I can't think about moving on. How am I expected to think about that when I'm going through this? My circumstances are squeezing the life out of me. And it's hampering me. I'm not living the full and victorious life that I want to live, that I feel I should be living. But actually, the reverse is true. How can you live in victory without a fight? Victory is overcoming something. Victory is going through the tough times and coming through them. Actually, this could be the making of you. 
Because it's these circumstances, these hard times, these tough times, that if we respond well, that will cause the fruit to grow. You know, we've missed out so much, haven't we, as the church in gathering, being able to support one another. It's such a privilege to be able to come here and just say hello to the people that are here. And it has lifted me from what has been a horrible week. Actually, seeing these wonderful people here has been a real privilege. And I know not everybody can do that yet, but soon we can. But you know what? When we come back together as the church, when we can gather again, it's not going to be a church that's damaged and limping along. The church is not finished. The church is not damaged. Because we are going to be a people that come back together, having been through hard times, but known the faithfulness and the grace of God in those times that's taken us deeper and we've overcome and we come back together in victory. That is what's going to happen to the church. This is going to be the making of it. We are going to be a people that come together victoriously because we're not going to be finished off by our circumstances. You see, in my experience, it's in the difficult times that we grow the most. And boy, I wish it wasn't because I'm fed up with the difficult times. But we have to persevere. Now, let's be real about this. There are times, there are days when all we want to do is curl up in a ball and say, enough. I can't do it. I've had enough. I'm finished. I know that over the coming weeks, I will be applying for jobs and I will get some knockbacks and I've had some already and I am not going to enjoy that. And that's okay. That's normal. Okay. You don't have to go, brilliant. I've just been rejected again. That's, that's not realistic. There are going to be tough days ahead, but let me encourage you. Don't write yourself off over a bad day. It's kind of ludicrous to think that every day is going to be happy, smiley, singing songs, and I'm on cloud nine. They're not all like that. It's not reality. You know, some days are just rubbish. And that's true. It's real. And some days you'll go, my life is rubbish. Some days you will do. I'm not saying it's right, but you, you, that's how you will feel. That's what it will feel like. But a bad day does not negate what God is doing in you. Your bad days do not define you and who you are. But coming through them and coming out the other side does. And it shows the goodness of God in your life. You can't enjoy victory if you haven't battled. Jesus enjoyed the victory of the resurrection. But there's no resurrection victory without the pain of death. The death had to come first and then victory over death. I was looking at the graph of the daily COVID cases. And it's coming down, which is fantastic. And it comes down a lot. But if you look at it in detail, it doesn't just come down in one line. It goes up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. But the trend 
is in the right direction. That's how our days are, isn't it? We have good good days, bad days, good days, bad days. But the trend is that God is working in you through those days to produce the right trend, the right curve. Actually, it's not a downward curve for us. It's an upward curve. <laughs> the analogy falls down there. Having days where you don't feel great happens, but coming through those is perseverance. It's patience. Coming through those is victory. And that is bearing fruit with patience because you haven't given up. Let me encourage you today. Don't give up. Here's another thing about bearing fruit with patience. Often the fruit isn't obvious to you straight away. It's more obvious to others. And um, we need to make sure we're not doing this alone. And yes, there are challenges in that at the moment. But you need to talk to people. Because they will encourage you. They will see the fruit in you before you see it, I'm sure. That's what I find anyway. If you're going through a tough time, then talk to others about it. Whether that's online or... Go for a walk with someone. That's what I do. Go for a walk and chat about it. You're allowed to do that. Socially distanced, of course. Let's wrap up. The seed is sown and it grows. And the fruit comes with patience and perseverance. That is and should be the story of our lives. And it's certainly my story. There will be days when you feel like giving up. But persevere. You'll probably find you're doing a lot better than you are giving yourself credit for. Isaiah 61 verses 1 and 2 that I referred to earlier. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Jesus said that is about me. Jesus said that's me. I am doing this now. God's favour is poured out on us as he binds up the brokenhearted and proclaims, proclaims liberty to the captives. Do you feel brokenhearted this morning? Do you feel like you need some liberty? Do you feel like you need the prison door opened? Because you will go through those times, but actually God will bring you through it and you will know the favour of God upon you. Remember. The song we sang this morning that Pam pointed out to us. I was kind of hoping she was just going to carry on and preach it there. Kingdom authority flows from his throne to us, his own. And you have access to that kingdom authority now. You've got access to the throne of God. And he wants you to know his kingdom authority to overcome all that you're going through. Yes, you probably need to go through it, not around it. Sorry. But he will be faithful to bring you through it. And it will mean you're in an even better place than you were before. You will look back on these tough times and say, actually, I'm, gr I'm glad I went through that because I can see now what God has done in me. 
Talk to others. Read the Bible. Just discipline yourself, even if you don't feel like it. Get into the Word. Some of those Psalms are amazing because they say, my life's rubbish, but God is still God. And he's the king. And I have his authority. I've been using those Psalms this week. God will bring you through. Of that I have no doubt. But we must persevere. And when we all come back together and when you are all gathered in here, we will be strong because we are God's church. We are his people and he will bring us through it. I want to finish by praying. I want to pray a blessing on you. If you're going through hard times, if you are wondering whether you can persevere, and there'll be days where you're not sure you can, we pray. Father, I thank you for that promise that you never leave us, you never forsake us, you never give up on us. And God, we need to know that right now. Father, for those who are listening this morning, who are finding life hard, who are struggling, I pray you will pour your blessing out upon them right now. And that even though it's hard, they will know you are with them every step of the way, that you have gone before them, that you are with them. That they will know your hand upon them and they will know the fruit that you are producing in their lives. Pray blessing on all who are listening this morning. That we will go out from here after being in your presence like this. Knowing that you are with us. Knowing that we will overcome. Knowing that there will be victory. Certain of it. Because you are faithful God. God I thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your blessing. Holy Spirit just come upon us now. And go out with us. As we bear fruit in your name. As we overcome in your name. Bring your kingdom. Lord God. In our lives. That we can know your victory. Day after day after day. Amen.